What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Immaculate Sports. Instagram, at Immaculate Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 31. We're going to talk about some baseball. Go all the way through some of the teams that are hot, some teams that are not. We're going to talk about some NFL free agency signings, a couple big ones this week. And of course, uh, the news wasn't a lot of news, but this whatever news we got about the draft coming up in two weeks. Yeah, let's go. It's going to be a little bit different episode than usual, though, because we are no longer in our usual studio because Skyler is sick. So uh, hopefully he heals up soon. We're back in the studio next week for episode 32. Appreciate it. But, yeah, Skylar, Skylar ate some raw chicken. Yeah, Skylar <laughs> likes that chicken tartar. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> but we are we got the radio feel today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So our opener, or my opener to start off the show, is Steph Curry breaking Wilt Chamberlain's record uh, for the most points in Golden State Warriors history. Steph going into the game last night versus the Nuggets needed 19 points to surpass Wilt, and we all knew that he was going to do it, but we didn't know that he was going to do it in the first quarter. Steph had, I believe, 53 points in the game, 19 points in the first quarter, uh, and he now has over 17,800 points in his career. It's a lot of points. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that Steph has been in the league that long, obviously. He's a Warrior crazy. fan. And as a 19-year-old, Steph has really been the staple for Warriors basketball in my life. And, uh, yeah, I don't think there's an athlete I love more. You know, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, like, wow, that seems ridiculous. He passed Will Chamberlain. But if you think about it, nine years of scoring 26 or more points per game, thats it adds up. Yeah. And Wilt did that in uh, six years, though. Uh, yeah, yeah Will didn't Will average like Will averaged crazy numbers. I don't know the exact plus. yeah fifty plus a game, which is just ridiculous. We'll never be seen again, most likely. But for me, I'm gonna stick with the trend of Bay Area sports. The A's had a bounce back week, going five and one this week. I'll talk about them a bit more in a bit. But after really a god awful start to season, we faced Astros, Dodgers, Astros again. The A's the A's had a really much needed bounce back, so that was great to see as an A's fan. Mm-hmm. And mine is going to be Padre starter Joe Musgrove, no hitting the Texas Rangers. Uh, we will talk, I guarantee we'll talk more about him later on in this show. Um, 9Ks, I believe. First yeah, one of the like year. That. Yeah. You know, it, it's great to see the pirate pitchers who can break free and become <laughs> stars. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's a lot of them, or in the recent years at least, Charlie Warren kind of. Uh, well, I really wouldn't. He was a pirate, but that that seemed like a, a while ago. Glasnow, Glasnow, Garrett Cole, mm. obviously Musgrove. Uh, yeah, Missing Tyone possibly this yeah, year. Tyone, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I do like Tyone. Uh, but yeah, pirate pitchers. I guess they produce good guys. That well, they're picking the right guys, but they're just not <laughs> keeping them. They're not sending is, out the right trade packages. Yeah, but that's for another not. day. Yeah, Chris Archer. <laughs> For uh, Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow, I don't think worked out too well for them, considering no. Chris Archer is also back on the no team worries. that's rated him. So. Or a lot cheaper. Yeah. But let's get into 
our Where's Your Head At segment where we're going to go over. We have four things this week and our weekly awards as well as one other thing. But uh, let's get to our first one where we have what to make out of the Angels' hot start. The Angels have came out of the gates quite roaring, honestly. Uh, they scored 58 runs in 10 games, have a 7-3 and record, sit alone at top of the AL West right now. Their offense has been crazy. Anthony Rendon recently just got hurt, but his injury is likely only to be about 10 to 15 days. So not too long of an IL stint for him. But what do you make out of this hot start for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? I think this Angels team is going to be a serious contender this year. Like you said, Rendon is hurt, but Otani, Trout, and Walsh are all hitting over 300 right now. And the big three in the rotation, too. Bundy, Heaney, and Cobb. They're pitching great. Yeah, I, I mean, I've obviously loved what the Angels have been able to do to start the season. I just, It's the same question for the Angels every year. Are they going to be able to do it consistently and healthy? Trout seems to have a stretch where he gets hurt every year, and without obviously that bat, they're not going to be as good. Otani needs to stay healthy. Otani has been the biggest surprise to me so far. I think of that whole lineup, he's been killing the ball, making, making noise on the base path. Uh, I'm not sure how he's pitched to be completely honest. I know he had the one outing, I believe it was on Sunday night baseball. That was it. That's all he's yeah. pitched. That was the only outing, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a matter of whether or not they can stay consistent. I think if they can stay consistent, if they can stay healthy, they're a good team. Yeah, this Angels team, as far as their offense goes, is really, really, really good. Uh, 58 runs scored in 10 games obviously means that you're scoring about six runs a game. But they also have allowed 56 runs in those 10 games. Granted, 15 of those came in one game. But still, they're giving up runs. And one thing that you need to be a good postseason contender is pitching. Uh, Another thing that we have seen this from the angels before in 2018, I think it was, they started off extremely hot. seemed like they were going to be a big contender in the AL West. And then as the same year that Seattle started off really hot and both of them kind of fizzled out angels fizzled out sooner than the Mariners did. But uh, I don't know how long this is going to be able to stay for because having three players in your lineup hit over three thirty is not really something that I see as sustainable, but I mean, if they do props to them, I just don't see it happening. We're going to the other side of the country now with a team that started off slow but has since got red hot, and it's the Red Sox. Is the Red Sox lineup enough to keep them in the playoff race? Skyler? You know, I really like this lineup. Uh, Guys like J.D. Martinez and Verdugo now, rising star, uh, Mm -hmm. he deserves some all-star votes for sure. But no, not every game's against the AL East pitching. Uh, I don't think this is going to last very long. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me is you have to look at the rest of the Red Sox division. They got the Rays, reigning AL champs, Yankees, who have one of the better lineups and rotations in the whole league, uh, and the Blue Jays, who had a rough week this week, but they showed they have the star power to possibly compete in that division. I don't think the Red Sox have enough. The lineup, like Scott said, I like their lineup. The the starting pitching in particular, especially without Chris Sale until at least mid-June, not good enough to keep them in that division race. Yeah, this lineup has been primarily carried by four guys right now. It's it's Devers, Martinez, Vasquez, and Bogarts. Besides that, they really Dahlbeck. haven't. What? Bobby Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck has not done shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Same with Verdugo. Verdugo hasn't done shit. They just they they have four guys that are going off right now, and I 
obviously, I I think J.D. Martinez is going to have a great season. I think his not 425 is sustainable, but ha- hitting 330 to 350 is obviously something that he can do. Uh, but for the other guys, I don't know how long Vasquez is going to be able to keep up with the 342 slash. Uh, Rafael Devers, he's only hitting 257, but obviously he's scorching hot right now. I think he has five home runs in his last five games. And Bogart's 360. Uh, I think he's a guy who probably hit about 310, 320, but 360 kind of just seems absurd. Uh, this pitching, obviously, as other guys talked about, is not enough for them to stay in the race. And if this lineup ever fizzles out, it's not going to be enough for them to stay in the playoff race with Grant, the tough division that they're in. So I do not see it being enough for this Angels, or not the Angels, this Red Sox lineup. You guys want to do one more, or should we go to halftime? Let's do one more. All righty, sounds good to me. Let's go to the other side of the league now. Another team that's scorching hot. It's the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, is their hot start? enough for them to compete in a week and all central. Yeah, they're going to compete, but like you said, it's weak. And like we all pretty much explained in the preview show, uh, the only one team is making the playoffs from the central. Uh, I think the pitching from Milwaukee and St. Louis is going to separate themselves from the rest, which includes Cincinnati, but I think for most of the year, you're going to see him hovering around 500 and still having a shot. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati's a bad team. And if I had to choose a team between the Red Sox, who we just talked about, or the Reds to make the playoffs, I would take the Reds just because they're in such a weak division. But I still don't think they're going to have enough to make the playoffs. I mean, Nick Castellanos, as he seems like he does every year, has been off to an amazing start. Uh, Tyler Naquin, uh, another amazing start. Don't think that's going to be sustainable. I I just don't see enough talent on this team. Granted, they have Sonny Gray coming back, Luis Castillo, who I really like in that starting rotation. But I think it's going to be around a 500 team, which won't be good enough to make the playoffs, even in that really bad NL Central. I know we're only a few weeks into the year, uh, but this this team with the division that they're in, I think out of any of the teams that we talked about, have the by far the greatest chance to make the playoffs. And sure, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think it's it's too far to say that this team will be in the playoffs as represent representation in the NL Central, and that's because of their pitching. Uh, guys like Wade Miley and Tyler Maley have pitched really well so far. They've had bullpen uh, contribution from uh, newly acquired Sean Doolittle. Uh, TJ Antone has been great so far. Carson Fulmer has been good. Uh, and two guys that I haven't mentioned that's on the pitching staff are their two best pitchers. Castillo has been off to a bumpy start. Uh, he's given up eight runs in 10 and a third innings and Sunday Gray hasn't even pitched yet. So if these guys start getting back onto the role and Wade Miley and Tyler Miley have pitched or continue pitching like they have been, uh, maybe they do need to acquire a bullpen arm at the trade deadline, but that's not something that's hard to do today's world of baseball. I think this, this team has a legitimate shot to be the 2021 champion in the NL central. All right. Well, it's been a fast paced first half. Let's go to halftime. All right, guys, welcome to halftime. We're going to start off with some 
pretty ugly news. Uh, if you guys were watching Stephen Curry break records last night, you also saw Nuggets guard Jamal Murray tear up his knee. It was horrible. I was watching that one live. It sucks because, you know, that's a guy who usually heats up in the postseason. And now we're not going to see that from the Nuggets. Yeah, it uh, the the points that Jamal Murray provides to this team is is something that can't really be substituted uh, unless <laughs> Uncle Porter and Aaron Gordon turn into something that they aren't right now. Uh, but <laughs> that injury was gruesome. You could just see his, his knee buckle and uh, yeah. not be yeah, in a place that it needs to be. Confirmed today to be a torn, I believe, left ACL. Like Skeller said, without Murray, this team just doesn't have that that real second guy that can take over a game alongside Jokic. Aaron Gordon, nice, you know, third, fourth piece, same with Porter Jr. But Murray's going to be the guy come playoff time where you're getting 20-plus games a night, and that's hard to find elsewhere. And not to sound selfish, but uh, I had this team sneaking into the Western Conference Finals, and now that's just not going to happen. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty disappointing. All right, speaking of uh, knee injuries, guys, Julian Edelman, Patriots wide receiver, failed his physical, released, later retired. Uh, Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I'm not buying this, but people are trying to make the case on Twitter. You know what I think, Skeller? I think it's all a hoax. You know, maybe we get to October. He says, fuck it, I want to play football again. Gives a call to Bruce and Tom in Tampa (laughs) and says, hey. Take me on. Next thing you know, they got another wide receiver. Hey, AB hasn't signed yet. That's actually pretty interesting. I, I didn't think about that. But as far as the Hall of Fame debate, no, I don't think Julian Edelman should be Hall of Famer. If Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer, then Heinz Ward should have already been a Hall of Famer, and he's not. Yeah, and they should have made T.O. wait. Yeah, like, he just doesn't have the career stats. Yes, he won a Super Bowl MVP, which can't go understated, but just – He's not a Hall of Famer. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career. Well, he also got the Super Bowl MVP in perhaps the worst Super Bowl of all time. Because <laughs> that game was god-awful terrible. I think there's 12 points scored in that game. Yeah. Have you guys seen um, Julian Edelman's career stats side-by-side side with Cole Beasley? Cole Beasley, no, I'm not. They're shockingly similar. I, I believe it. Cole Beasley's super underrated, uh, and he kind of just got that recognition this past year just yeah. because he's on a really good team, but... Colby's is a beast. Mm-hmm. But guys, Giovanni Bernard, former Cincinnati running back, was holding out all offseason. And finally, we know why. He signed with Tampa Bay. He's going to be the third down back there. <laughs> Another good back that uh, Tampa Bay's adding. I think it's his eighth or ninth year. It's been a lot, obviously, his whole career in Cincinnati. But uh, another veteran back going to the best team in football. I mean, I, I didn't get the smart move both sides. Giovanni Bernard, I'm sure at this point, wants to win a Super Bowl. He's been trapped in Cincinnati his whole career. He can go to Tampa and compete. And Tampa gets still, who was last year, a very good third down back, good receiver out of the backfield. Yeah, and, you know, he's not going to take over the LaShawn McCoy role. You know, he, he's going to play. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. But, guys, so kind of off topic, but uh, did you guys see the news about the uh, Bounty Gate movie? I did. Uh, Kevin James, Kevin James, Kevin James going to play Sean Payton in that. I think that's, they did him pretty dirty. They did Sean Payton a little dirty, but, uh, you know, Kevin (laughs) James, Kevin James, great guy. Just, uh, you know, grownups, right? He was. Uh, Yes. Yes. That would have been Chris Farley. That, that sucks knowing that it would have been Chris Farley, but 
when I think of Kevin James, I, I, I'm thinking of Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Not gonna yeah. lie, big fat guy riding around on the Segway. I just want to know movie, but who's gonna play Sean, Greg Williams? <laughs> I don't know. Greg Williams. <laughs> Imagine. Doesn't have a job as a defensive coordinator, so might as well become an actor. He doesn't. You know, I I might make myself watch this movie just because it's a new sports movie. Wait, but actually, I'm sure I'll watch it. Doesn't Craig Williams already have acting experience? He acted as a defensive coordinator the last five years. <laughs> okay, so okay. he's doing actually a pretty good job. Imposter. I mean, exactly. if you think about it, he is a prototypical meathead defensive coordinator. Like, I'm going to pull my balls out right now, then blitz you on a Hail Mary situation because I think I'm tougher than you. But, you know. Yeah. Anyways, so some big draft news right now. Justin Fields set to have his second pro day. The Jets are not there. It's the Falcons and the Niners. Uh, and, that, the and the Patriots. And the Patriots, too. Um, the, the news I've heard is they're going to be running 49ers quarterback drills at this, you know, whatever you want to call it, another pro day, I guess, but I believe they're running. Yeah. Showcase. I believe it's 49ers Falcons and Patriots are all putting him through their quarterback practice drills. So good news as a Niner fan, just cause I don't want Mac Jones. I'm hoping we do the same thing for Trey Lance and I hope we never see Mac Jones again. Uh, That That would be my preference. Kyle, how are you feeling about the draft? Like, as a team that doesn't need a quarterback right now, you must feel great because I know the whole quarterback scenario is is a stressful one. Because if you fuck up, you can see Patrick Mahomes going to other teams and Mitchell Trubisky going to your team. And uh, yeah, especially if you trade your future. Yeah, feels good to have a I won't say secure future at quarterback, but a solid quarterback without uh, having to bet on something else. Oh, yeah. And to wrap up halftime, guys, I just want to remind everybody we will be live free, no commercials, draft coverage on Thursday. All right. We still haven't figured out exactly where that's going to be yet. Thursday. Wait. uh, Thursday draft day. Yeah. So about two two and a half weeks. Yes. I I jumped the gun a little bit, but (laughs) I'm excited, guys. Yeah, I think we all are. Uh, It's going to be crazy. We still have some things to figure out about that uh, yes. as far as the location and where, where to stream to, uh, how to stream it. But that's not stuff for you guys to figure out. That's all us. Nope. All right. That's going to wrap it up for halftime. All righty. Welcome back to the second half of the Going the Distance podcast presented to you by Immaculate Sports. It's episode 31. Here in the second half, we're going to start off with a team that has disappointed us the most so far. And we're not talking about the A's anymore because they're no longer disappointing. Together, take it away. <laughs> I know they've only played six games, but I got to go with the Mets. At 3-3, three and three, they already blew a DeGrom gem. Conforto, supposed to break out this year, hitting 130. Lindor, hitting 130. as what? Well. No, sorry, that's 150. And Jeff McNeil, super utility guy, is hitting 118 to start up the year. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be lying if I said it, or if I didn't say I expected more from the Mets. I, actually, I think I messed up my words, but I did expect a lot from the Mets this year, and I think they will find a way to bounce back. But for me, the most disappointing team was the Blue Jays. After starting four and one, we've raved about them the past two weeks. They've lost their last five. I believe they sit at four and six now. They got swept or at least lost a series to the Angels. I was really expecting them to go in there and take that one. 
I know they're dealing with some injuries. George Springer was another setback. He'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. And I still think this team will be good, but losing five straight, that's my most disappointing this week. Disappointing team this week. Yeah, my most t- disappointing team so far has been the Washington Nationals, a team that has started off two and five and is possibly on their way to two and six, being down f- five to one in the fourth inning against the Cardinals right now. This team has scored 22 runs in seven games. That's just over three runs a game, and that's usually not going to cut it. Their pitching hasn't been that bad at 29 runs in seven games, which is just under three, four games. So that, that, that's been solid. But when you can't hit, you can't win games. And especially when you have the best hitter in baseball, you got to score runs. And uh, this is true. Yeah. So we're going to go to what I think is a, a pretty fun segment where we give out the weekly awards for player, pitcher, rookie, and team of the week. That's the new one this week. Skyler, who is your player of the week? My uh, player of the week, well, I think there's a clear 1A and 1B this week. 1A would be Musgrove with the no-hitter. 1B would be J.D. Martinez. What, do you have 12 extra base hits in eight games or some shit like that? But anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I'm going to give the honorable mention number two to Byron Buxton. He's hitting 469, and just this week he had three homers and six ribbies. Yeah, for me, I'm actually going to go with a name that wasn't mentioned. I think Musgrove honestly probably deserves it, but we'll, I think we'll talk about him in the pitcher, so I'm going to give it to a hitter here. But Raphael Devers, J.D. Martinez's teammate, hitting 370 this week, five homers, 10 RBIs with a 1.158 OB on, on base plus slugging. J.D. Martinez is getting all the love, but Raphael Devers is doing just as much over there in Boston, helping that team to a great week. I'm going with a name that uh, wasn't mentioned by anybody Uh I decided to not go with Musgrove here just because we're yeah. going to all talk about him once we get the pitcher. I'm actually going with Ronald Cunha. He went 13 for 21 this week, giving him a 619 average. Uh, in those 21 at-bats, he only struck out once. He did hit two home runs, had five RBIs, drew four walks, and uh, had three stolen bases along with that. So the menace from Atlanta is uh, my pick for the player of the week. Skelly, who is your pitcher of the week? This might be a tough one to guess. Yeah, uh, pitcher of the week is going to be Joe Musgrove for obvious reasons. But I do have a number two shout out for Andrew Heaney. Six innings, no runs, nine Ks against Toronto. Yeah, I'm going to keep this one short and simple. Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in Padres history this week. He gets my, you know, he gets my choice as pitcher of the week. Yep, Musgrove is mine. Honorable mention would be Lance Lynn, who did throw a complete game shutout earlier uh, last week. So I think it was six or five days ago. So it seems like a while ago, but it's still this week as far as podcast episodes go. So next up, a fun one, rookie of the week, Skyler. This one was tough for me because not a lot of hitters, or sorry, not a lot of rookies this year were very productive with the bat. And I knew – Brett was going to take a young pitcher. I didn't want to take it from him. So I'm going to go with Randy Rosarina uh, in the series against the Yankees last week. Two homers, four RBIs. That's all you asked for from your rookie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Casey Mize, starting pitcher from Detroit Tigers, a guy who I think is going to be one of the top pitchers in the league in the next couple of years. Seven innings pitched, five strikeouts, no earned runs. Not even sure who that game was against. I can't remember. Was it? I can't remember, but it was a Astros. great outing. 
Astros, yeah, even better against yeah. a very good team. Casey Myers is going to be a stud. Yeah, uh, something that we're going to talk about here soon is uh, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, we know how he did on, I think, Saturday it was, where he went eight innings, one run, 14 strikeouts. You know why Jacob DeGrom lost that game? His bullpen. Trevor Rogers is the reason why he lost that game, because Trevor oh, Rogers, okay. for the second I'll time in his career, outdueled him, going six innings, three hits, no runs, no or two walks, and ten strikeouts. Uh, nine nine starts in Trevor Rogers' career. He has two wins, and both of those wins have came when he's been facing Jacob Degrom. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a crazy so, stat. Yeah, Trevor Rogers, uh, hard slinging left-hander, big dude, top in ninety-eight, ninety-seven. He's 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 a menace. Probably the most underrated arm in that uh team of underrated arms in the Miami Marlins. Wow. So we're going to give our last award to the team of the week. I feel like this one's, in my opinion, it's a relatively simple one, but Skyler, what's your pick? Yeah, so there were three teams this week that didn't lose a game, but I'm going to take the Red Sox. They've won seven in a row. Bam, I don't care if it's against the Orioles. It's hard to win seven in a row. I'm going to be completely biased. I'm going to pick the A's just because how bad they started, able to turn it around, getting a win against Dodgers, winning a series in Houston. Comeback win today against Arizona, sweeping a two-game set. They may have not been the best team, but they were. The, they had the most to prove to me after that first god-awful week, so the A's get my team of the week. My team of the week is the Red Sox. They didn't lose. They went 5-0 this week. Uh, they just destroyed the ball. I know they only played five games, but they can't do anything about that. So, uh, yeah, they're my yes. team of the week, 5-0. All right, we got a short, fun question here. Uh, will DeGrom, will Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball, ever get run support from the New York Mets? Skyler? From the Mets, no. But in 2023, when he leaves, he okay. will get some run support. When he's 35? Yes. I mean, it seems like we've been asking this question for the past couple of years, ever since DeGrom, you know, really emerged as the top pitcher in baseball. He, he hasn't got run support since that happened. So, I mean, I think I would be a fool to say anything, but no. Every time he does get run support, it seems like his bullpen's blown it. He should have way more wins than he does in his career. It's it's really a shame. They're they're kind of wasting him out there in New York right now. Jacob deGrom will never get a run of support ever again in his career. That is disappointing. Yeah, Jacob deGrom never is going to win a game there's, again. See, there's not a lot of instances like this in MLB history. It's crazy. Yeah. And he's lucky that he's not pitching in the 1980s or 1970s, where wins was a bigger stat than a, yeah, what it what what it is now. Because you you really don't even need wins. People don't look at wins when they're talking about a good pitcher because of how, what well, what a win is. A in wins the a team stat. Yeah, wins yeah, a team. I, mean, I guess stat. the closest to him would be Nolan Ryan, right? He has the most losses in MLB history. Oh, I, I got no clue. I but uh, tell you, but if, if that is like true, that. I mean, Nolan Ryan was obviously a great pitcher. So if that, that is true, it's probably the closest thing we've seen. Yeah. Probably on some of the two starters that have been thrown 102. Well, yeah. Two of maybe the only two. But, uh, yeah, there's that. That's uh, where's your head at for this week. We're going to get to our layups and get out of here. It's been a quick episode, but it's been a fun episode talking about a lot of baseball. Uh, so last week I had the Reds winning the series against 
the Arizona Diamondbacks, that did happen. They took two out of three against the team in Arizona. Uh, Brett had the Blue Jays taking the series from the Angels. Blue Jays did steal a game in there, a 15-1 W, but they failed to get anything going in the other games, and uh, they lost two out of three. I think it was a four-game series, but one of the games got canceled. Uh, Skyler had Astros win series number two. Against I apologize. O- Thank you, Skyler, for jinxing us. And, uh, yeah, so there's that. And Alex had Charlotte over OKC. Uh, I That did happen, even though Alex is not here. We miss him. And no one watched that game. Yeah, that's true. I, I That might have had the lowest ratings out of any game that has ever happened because it's Charlotte and it's OKC. Uh, but let's go to this week. Well, I think I have the easiest slip that has ever been created. The Mets will score less than four runs when Jacob deGrom starts tomorrow or the next day. I forget what first day it is. Yeah, I haven't had great luck with the baseball pick, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my roots. I'm gonna go into hockey. Washington Capitals cover versus the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres just traded Taylor Hall. We didn't talk about the hockey deadline. Not much happened. But the Sabres are god awful. I'm going to go with some basketball, bringing it back. New York Knicks cover against the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. I like Dallas. I love Luka. I'm rooting for them, but they just don't have enough. And there's something cooking in the water. Something. What's the saying? There's some, oh, there's something in the water over there at uh, Madison Square Garden. Julius when Randall. you're in New York. <laughs> I'm not going to sing the rest of that, but uh, hopefully yeah, people... Yeah, I say thank you. The <laughs> TikTok people know what I'm talking about. Uh, but bro, let's go to our bowl predictions and let's get out of here. Uh, my bowl prediction last week was the Padres sweep the Texas Rangers, and that did happen. Uh, I did not predict the no-hitter, but uh, that also did happen in that series. Brett had Miami take series from the Mets. They only played two in that series. Uh, went one-on-one, so... We're giving Brett a yellow one for uh, maybe. Uh, Skyler had the Brewers sweep St. Louis. They lost one. Yeah, they did lose one. I I was I didn't even know how that series went too much, honestly. And uh, Alex had Bauer has four plus earned runs and a W versus Oakland. You said Oakland won. You got half yeah. of it right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, half of it right. I think that's what oh, he, he just worded it weirdly. Okay. Yeah, he just worded it weird. He had he had Oakland winning that game because we said it wasn't enough to have four plus. Oakland did win that game. Bauer only gave up, a, I believe, two. Yes, two. One of them from a massive dong by Matt Chapman, but uh, that's besides the point. Let's go to this week and let's get on out of here. Here, uh, so my bold prediction this week is that the Angels sweep the Minnesota Twins, the team that's been riding hot. We take down a team that I would say is riding hot or riding cold. There's neutral right now. For me, going back to hockey, Bruins, while they're a good team, they're not as good as the Islanders. Islanders have been one of the best teams in the NHL this year, having 27 wins in a shortened season already. Bruins have been hot, though. They're getting Charlie McAvoy back, one of the best young defenders in the NHL. The Bruins are going to beat the Islanders this week, I believe on Thursday. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Rays to sweep the Texas Rangers. Uh, Texas, I believe, is the worst team in baseball. So why not, right, guys? Scaler, why not? I- I'm going to have to tell you something here before before we go. You might want to change that that 
bold prediction of yours because the Rangers are currently up 8-2 in the bottom of the eighth against the Rays. I'm not going to put you on the spot to change one, but uh, the face that you're making to me right now kind of indicates that you are, are surprised. I think that's the luck that I'm getting. So I can change this. Yeah, but you got to change it quick before the game ends. All right. All right. Uh, well, I'll tweet Go it hockey. out. Don't worry. Tweet All it out? Right. Fair enough. All righty. Check the Twitter. We'll yeah, check the Twitter. Skyler wants to put that out, or he just wants to swallow the L. It's it's fine too. But uh, that's been episode thirty-one of the Going the Distance podcast, presented to you by Immaculate Sports. Skyler, what's our handles? Twitter is at Immac Sports. Where's Instagram at? Immaculate Sports. No, I, I think it's Immac Sports. Oh, it is. Yeah. I don't know. Kyle always does the Instagram. Skyler doesn't know that one. Yeah, I don't know that one. (laughs) But I do know that TikTok and YouTube's at Immaculate Sports, where we will possibly be streaming in a couple weeks. Oh, yes. Stream party. It's going to be a great draft. All right. All right. We've been here way too long. All right. Uh, We'll see you guys next week with some more baseball, hopefully, some more football news. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe maybe some, some hockey, playoff yeah. Preview. No, oh, yeah. no hockey. Oh, maybe, maybe no, not. Maybe. No, damn. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. <laughs>